Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to First Seed Fantasy, the First Seed Fantasy podcast. I am Kyle Krajewski, joined by my good friends Mike Del Corso and Zachary Cole. Welcome, guys. We're here. Week one is basically upon us. What? What are you? What are the vibes? What are you guys feeling? Dude, a little bit anxious, a little bit excited. You know, all that hard work in the summer really about to either pay off or really just uh, take a dump. So I'm I'm really excited, man. Week one, here we go. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I t- we're recording this on Wednesday, and I've spent all day today thinking that it was Thursday and looking forward to the game tonight. And every time I convince myself that it's not Thursday, it seems like my brain just wants to go back to it. So uh, I guess I'm excited to say the least. So. Well, Zach, it is game night because we're here. And anytime I'm talking to you, it feels like a game just because you you know it interesting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Without further ado, let's get into it. Week one. It's it's been a long journey, fellas, uh, and it's it's finally here. But without further ado, I'm presenting, I guess, a dilemma, a situation uh, and I'm kind of phrasing it as like our must watch situations for the week one, the NFL season for several reasons. Maybe there are starters that haven't earned their spot yet, or there are backfields that are just still a huge question mark, whether it's a timeshare, if it's one guy or if it's 45-55. But I'm going to kick it off and we're going to chat about our favorite backfield that we have no idea what's going on and maybe we'll figure out what's going on uh week 1 and that is New England. I I think if you had asked me 4 months ago it was Damian Harris's backfield and we'd see little sprinkles of Ramondre Stevenson, but I feel like all camp it's just kind of been Ramondre hype and just the 50-50 chats. Uh what what are you guys feeling? What do you guys think about this? This is uh this is an interesting one. Like you said, months on months ago, everybody was going to say Damian Harris. It was a no-brainer. It's interesting because Ramadre is now in the conversation, and it's not coming from the coaching staff. All the Ramadre hype is really coming from fans and analysts saying that he's great, he's going to have a role, and there's been rumors within the organization, but there hasn't been any pure statement from anybody on the coaching staff that this is going to happen. Um, in fantasy drafts as well, they're both going right around the 8th, ninth, ninth, 10th round, and they usually go back-to-back. In some drafts, Stevenson goes first. Um, earlier on in the year, Harris was going first, obviously. Um, but very, very interesting. You know, um, I've always been a huge Harris believer since he came in the league. I mean, last year, if you look at those numbers right there on the screen, he was putting up running back 14 numbers in PPR. And I think he the max catches he had a game was maybe one or two. He wasn't even catching passes. He strictly did that from the ground. So I am still pro Damian Harris in this backfield, but very interesting. And I'm very excited to see what happens uh, in week one here. Yeah, it's it's tricky, but that's why we're we're amped for week one, because as many questions as we have now, Uh, I think week one will kind of clarify a good chunk of that. Uh, And Zach, right before we kind of jumped into recording, you mentioned you listed off a few backfields that this kind of this muddied situation kind of exists where week one could 
clarify that or muddy it plenty more? Yeah. um, And I think before we get into this, just if you were one of these people that took a flyer on these guys in the late round, kudos to you, because you could have ended up with a starting running back that maybe people were overlooking or they were taking the other running back in the third or fourth round. So I guess to start it off, I'll use that exact uh, example. One of the teams that I like to think of in this scenario is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, They have Travis Etienne, who's coming off of injury. They have James Robinson, who's also ironically coming off of injury. But James Robinson has been great for them the last couple seasons. Um, But uh, moving moving forward, uh, Etienne was supposed to be the guy because uh, Robinson was coming back from the Achilles injury. But now we're getting all this news that right there you can see in the latest news column here. All right, it says that James Robinson could have a big role. So I, I think that as much as people want Travis Etienne to be the guy and be this PPR superstar, I think people are almost trying to hype him up to Christian McCaffrey levels of reception, running back combo. I, I think we have to pump the brakes a little bit because Robinson is definitely here to stay. Um, another situation where this very similar kind of thing is happening uh, is the Seattle Seahawks with Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker. Um, Penny has kind of taken the leg up in the preseason, and I know that we're all pretty big Penny supporters here. Yes, right? Yes. Oh, big Penny fan. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Penny was the, the, you can see he's still the clear lead back, it says there in the latest news, but Kenneth Walker, who just had a hernia and had surgery to remove it, um, is now starting to come back into the into the equation. So that was another running back, or that's another backfield that's kind of um, murky, and we're not necessarily sure um, you know what the what the outcome is going to be, and then the last one, and this will kind of be a, a preview of my um, my my start and sit going on later on here is the is the New York Jets with Brees Hall and Michael Carter. You know, Brees Hall is a rookie. He's shiny. He's fancy. I mean, he was a an absolute monster in college. But the coaching staff has come out and said that Michael Carter could potentially be the dude in Week One. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm rambling here, but another one just popped in my mind with Acres and Henderson and in, in uh, Los Angeles as well. That one's that one's probably the murkiest of all because both of them are high caliber running backs and have put up great seasons in the past. You just don't know who is going to be the guy there. So I, I'm going to just kind of pass it off to you guys. Which of those situations do you? I, I guess we'll say, do you feel the worst about going into Week One? Which which leaves you with the most questions? I think the one that I have the absolute most questions about is probably the Jets backfield uh, with Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Just because uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of the same with uh, Seattle in uh, kind of a rookie coming in and you don't know his true role, especially with kind of an established, I guess you can call Rashad Penny the established running back. I guess you could say the same thing for Carter, but I feel like the Jets backfield is like two new guys, two fresh faces, both of them still kind of trying to figure out their role in this offense and in the league. And the Jets are just kind of being like, yeah, whichever one's better. And that could be a difference any given down. And uh, who knows what they're going to do, what their plan is. Maybe Michael Carter catches the most passes. Maybe Brees Hall is the between the tackles guy. Who knows? I like it. It's going to be this is going to be a huge question mark to me. And it's honestly a backfield. All of these backfields I've kind of steered away from just because of that those big question marks. And I, that's kind of why I'm excited for the season to start because we'll finally have some answers, but I feel like by week eight, we're still going to have several questions about the jets backfield. Oh, definitely. And, and honestly, the jets would have been my pick as well. That's just something that 
It just it just doesn't sit right with me, especially on top of all everything that they're on a bad football team. I really don't like that combo. Um, but yeah, on top of that, I I'm, I'll focus on the Rams just a little bit here. Henderson had a great year last year as that lead back, absolutely came in and took that role by the horns and, and ran with it. Um, he had a phenomenal year. Um, obviously, towards the end of the year, didn't play as much. Um, but yeah, and, and then Akers comes back for the playoffs slash Super Bowl last year. And obviously he he came back a lot earlier than people would expect you to with that injury. Um, but he did look slow. He looked slower. And you could tell that Henderson had the burst. He had the juice, like just watching them play. So that's another backfield I'm kind of staying away from. Akers was being drafted in like the fourth, fifth round. Henderson was like ninth, tenth, and on. Um and and for most of these guys, it was really the same. Even the Jets, Brees Hall was being drafted in the fourth round. Michael Carter was like eight, nine, ten. And it makes you think, like, was the better value five, six rounds later, or was it the guy that you reached for? So um, I could proudly say I don't have any shares of any of the four guys on the screen right now because um, that's just not something I would want to go into the year with. But, uh, yeah, very shaky situations our situations there and uh week one's going to be interesting. It's going to be a blast. All right. And then kind of my last on my list of these. Oh no, we've got a few more. What am I talking about? We just kicked this off. Uh, next on our list of watch lists uh, for me at least. And I know Zach's got opinions on this too. Uh, and definitely Mike, cause he's got a hatred for the quarterback, but the Denver Broncos target share and what the heck that could look like. Uh, because I think all season it's kind of been like, yeah, it's Cortland Sutton's team, or we think it's Cortland Sutton, but truthfully, I, we, we don't know. We don't know who's going to be that lead target receiver to Russell Wilson, because we know whoever it is, is going to ball out. And I think because we don't know is why in draft rooms are being drafted in the same round or like in the same, like eight picks, because nobody knows where Judy probably has the higher ceiling where it's like, if he's getting the ball, he's going to explode where Sutton probably has the higher probability to be the guy. And it's really tricky and it's just hard because I, I, I can't tell you, I can tell you, I think it's going to be Sutton, but who knows? Maybe Monday night we watch Jerry Judy get 20 targets for some reason. Uh, so that's, that's my thoughts on uh, who, who Mike calls Bumboy Russ is thrown to. Bumboy Russ, man. He gets worse every day, you know. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, I think I actually have Russ as my fifth or sixth QB for week one. So uh don't uh don't take the hate too serious, guys. I don't like him. Um, but he is a great quarterback and he will be good in fantasy this year. Um my quick uh thoughts on the Broncos wide receivers core is I would say about four or five months ago, my favorite wide receiver value on the Broncos was actually Tim Patrick before he got hurt. This was a guy that was being drafted way past both of these guys and was guaranteed just to be a solid flex guy. Um, he showed it basically all year last year. and You had to play him on the right weeks as always. Um, but with the upgraded QB, I was really excited to draft Tim Patrick in the 10th round and, and later just as that extra like high upside kind of guy. Um, but yeah, I'm right with you, Kyle. I I can see Judy being the lead guy here. I think Cortland Sutton has 
a little bit more of a route tree to him and can do a little bit more with the deep ball. Uh, but I could see Jerry Judy doing just about everything underneath and basically like 90% of what Sutton can already do on the outside. So, um, yeah, this this is a tough one. You know, this could go either way. I feel more confident with choosing the last groups of running backs that we were talking about, picking one of those guys than picking one of these guys here. This to me is is very close. And um I know they were they were being drafted kind of similar to each other right around that fourth, fifth, sixth round and some. Um so yeah, this is a tricky one. My my vote would be Sutton, but I would not count Jerry Judy out, that's for sure. I think my target share, or I'm sorry, my um, ownership percentage of these guys or my roster percentage of these guys uh, is kind of what speaks to my beliefs on them. I have Cortland Sutton on about four or five out of my 10 fantasy teams this year. I love Cortland Sutton. I think that he is the alpha in this offense. I think that he's going to demand all the targets. If we equate the Broncos situation to what Russ was working with in uh, Seattle, I think Sutton is DK Metcalf, and I think Judy is Tyler Lockett. I'm not counting Judy out, but I think he's going to be the type of guy that's going to have those weeks of 40 points or those weeks of three points. And I personally just want the guy that's going to be ultra consistent. I want the red zone target. So if Kyle, if you just click over to Sutton's profile there, uh, you can see that Jerry Judy is 6'1", 193, and Sutton is 6'4", 216. He's, he's bigger bodied. He's going to demand more targets. I just think that Sutton has what it takes to be a one and Judy is more of a slot too. That's just kind of where, where my opinion is. I, I know they might play them both outside, but that's just kind of the way that I'm looking at it before the show. I, we kind of likened it. We likened Judy to a, uh, a Devante Smith for the Eagles, that guy who's going to be a really, really solid number two option. But I just think that Sutton here is the alpha. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out KJ Hamler too who I think, uh, if you haven't drafted yet, is a great, great, great late-round sleeper, especially with um, Tim Patrick going down, like Mike alluded to. This guy is going to be a, a huge slot presence. Kyle, if you go back to 2020, I think he, yeah, he had a couple nice weeks in 2020. I mean, nothing crazy, but you got to remember, he was a rookie this year, and to be able to put up a couple 10-point performances, there's a 22 in there. I, I like him. I, I think he's going to be very, very useful to Russell Wilson, especially as just like a dump-and-run guy. So. Yeah, KJ Hamler to me was the the best late or last round pick that you can make. Uh, and that's why in the league currently on the screen, I have him because I think I think he will have that wide receiver. He's going he he has it. He's the wide receiver three in this offense. And it's I'm mean, not to say we haven't seen it before, but uh, Sutton and Judy don't have the cleanest of health records. Mm -hmm. And it it's not out of this world to think that by week four, KJ Hamler is the wide receiver two on this team. And maybe that's just by talent. Who knows? Uh, the NFL is weird like that sometimes. But you, that's that's my that's my thoughts on uh, how the heck uh, who, how we don't know who the heck Russ is going to throw to this season. Hey, Kyle, uh, really quick here. Can you scroll up on the stat sheet just a little bit there? Okay, I had a feeling. So this is Sutton's third year, or Sutton, Hamler's third year in the league, and the man's only 23 years old. That 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 kind of blew my mind a little bit there. Young guy. Um, Definitely and, young. Yeah, and that uh, also kind of segues into what we're going to talk about next year. 
um, with some young receivers with great quarterbacks uh, with targets to go around kind of, um, and that's the Packers receivers. Um, this is another group of receivers that we kind of are having trouble kind of breaking down, you know, um, Lazard without a doubt is the number one going into the year. Um, but dealing with an injury right now. So it kind of spices some things up. Uh, we're going to be looking in week one for a little bit of Lazard, Romeo Dobbs, as you see that Kyle put on the screen there. Another guy, you got Sammy Watkins in the mix. And then you also have the rookie Watson, who just got back to practicing about a week ago um, and is starting to get in the groove of things. These are four guys that, I mean, honestly, they I would say more so Watson and uh, Watson and Watkins. That's a funny one. Um, are very <laughs> similar in the way they play, kind of just like strictly outside guys. Lazard is kind of like that little bit of everything guy. He is a taller dude, um, but I have seen him play in the slot when he was with Devontae or, and stuff last year as well. So that's going to be interesting. With the injury to Lazard, um, who do you guys see coming out of this wide receiver core and, and who do you think is going to have the best impact right away? I, I still think it's Lazard. I think if anything, Watkins has his typical 30 point week one and then disappears for the season. Uh, but aside from that, I think this is Lazard's team. And I think just listening to Aaron Rodgers talk about his wide receivers, it's almost like he loves them one day and hates them the next. But anybody except for Alan Lazard, the dude just loves the guy. I think he's called him a future Hall of Famer already. Uh, and to have that trust and love from Aaron Rodgers, is, it goes a long way as a, as a wide receiver. Uh, and he may just be talking out of his ass, and he probably is. But odds are, if he likes you as a receiver, you're going to be his favorite target. He's going to keep you kind of keep you happy on the field. And I, th- I think this is Lazard's team. I'm going to give a really pessimistic outlook of this. I don't like this situation at all. And I think that there's a world where none of them are successful. And this whole experiment of testing how good Aaron Rodgers is just kind of fails. And the Packers wind up being six and 11 or five and 12. And they're just bad this year. I I mean, it's been an ongoing kind of meme that they just don't help Aaron Rodgers and give him any targets in green Bay through the draft. And I think that that's finally going to catch up to the, the green Bay front office. I, I I do like Lazard, but I think he's the kind of guy that's going to have, you know, five or six big games during the year. And he's not going to be that Devontae Smith every single, I'm sorry, not Devontae Smith, Devontae Adams, every single week, huge production type of guy. Um, The only guy that I really do like in this offense is actually a guy coming off of an ACL tear, and that's tight end Robert Tunyon. Um, I I love the chemistry that he and Rodgers had uh, when they were on the field together. I'm sorry, Kyle, I'm making you do more work here. But um, he's starting to come back. He tore his ACL in week eight of last year. So he's starting to make his way back. I I mean, I don't really love his outlook for the first couple weeks while he's starting to get the ball rolling again, but I think that he's going to settle in. And I, I could see a world where he's Rogers top target moving forward this season. So I I just kind of wanted to throw his name in the ring there as well. 
No, yeah, that's that's a great point. And and it's important too that we really do focus on like the trust aspect for Rodgers because we all know watching him for years, he will not throw you the ball unless he absolutely trusts you. And kind of what Kyle said in the beginning as well, um, especially with Romeo Dobbs, it was like for the first week of camp, he was phenomenal. And then the next week it was like, no, you need to step up and you're not you're not doing enough. And it was kind of this back and forth all offseason. Um, I think it's going to be so interesting in this offense, man, because like you said, Zach, if he doesn't trust Lazard, if, if they start start off hot and then maybe Lazard gets a little slow, a little midseason like sluggish, what happens? Does does he go to somebody else? Does he force feed Lazard and they end up tanking games because of it like it gets bad? Um, it's it's going to be interesting. Sorry, Mike. Do you guys agree that there's a world? where Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are the top receivers for this team? I think there's definitely a world where Aaron Jones is the top receiver uh, just because I think Dillon has the ability to completely be the sole running back in this offense, kind of allowing kind of allowing Jones to make his way and maybe out wide, maybe in the slot, just kind of be able to run some routes uh, and kind of catch more passes than Unexpected, sort of like a, a Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines situation, almost have a pass yes. catching guy and a between the tackles guy. Yes, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I would see it that way too. Jones, I could definitely see a world where that is the situation where he could be the actual lead receiver on the team. Um, obviously, I think it's a small chance, but I do think that Jones could be that guy. Um, and I'm also like, I, I just know it's going to happen. Um, I do have a few shares of Dalbs in the very like last rounds of my draft. I think he'll be big uh, behind old man Cobb. Like if God forbid something happens to him, Dobbs would be the starting slot receiver with Rogers, which is great. Um, but it, it, it's definitely going to be interesting too. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, and Lazard is supposed to be the guy. And if he's not, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. And because of that, I kind of stayed away from this team as much as I could. Um, but at the end of the day, it's Rodgers. I feel like no matter what, even if we do see this kind of new Aaron Rodgers this year, he's still going to get the ball to somebody he trusts, and we're just going to have to figure it out. So another uh, week one thing just to hone in on, make sure we pay attention to and Maybe it shows in week one. Maybe it shows in week five. You know. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Rogers. You're really making a. You're really making us watch you play some football <laughs> to figure out what the heck you want to do. <laughs> Fellas, it's time. Unless you got other watches you have on your week one list, other than every other game, starts and sits, fellas. Time to chat about who the heck we're starting this week and who the heck we're sitting. And I'll. I'll. I'll start this off kind of saying these aren't necessarily put this guy strictly on your bench. This is maybe like a think about it or just kind of don't have high expectations for this guy this week. Uh, just kind of be prepared. If we're sitting him, be prepared for the worst. And if we're starting him, you can kind of be like, okay, solid flex spot maybe. Uh, but Mike, I'm going to kick it to you. You've got a good start this week playing. I'm going to say tonight because we're releasing this on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So my start for week one of the 22, 2022 season is going to be Isaiah McKenzie. 
Um, I really like the position he's in mostly. Um, you obviously haven't seen a lot of the guy. Um, very briefly was mentioned during camp and more so in the last week has a lot of talk about him and really having a role replacing that Cole Beasley role on the team, um, which I know that Josh Allen loved last year. He He's an interesting guy. I think he's in a really good spot to succeed with Josh Allen. Um, and in week one, they're going up against the Rams. So I expect big days from Diggs, obviously, and I know Ramsey's going to do what he can do to shadow him. Um, I, I know it's really funny to say, but Ramsey's considered the best corner in the league, and he kind of got shooken up a little bit in the Super Bowl against Jamar Chase, um, and he had his hands full there. So I, I know Diggs is going to give him a little bit of trouble, but I expect big games from Gabe Davis on the other side, on the outside, and in the slot, Isaiah McKenzie. So uh, if you're in a league with three wide receivers, maybe four, um, I'm really excited to see what he could do. I think he's in a good spot. Mike, that's a good one. I think he's, I mean, I've told Zach this for years that I think Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis could be the two and three in this offense outside of Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. And they finally did it. So I'm, I'm next. My start of the week is good old Elijah Moore. I think they're facing the right. It's the Ravens. I'm just confirming that. Yeah. Facing the Ravens. I think this is going to be, uh, I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot this week. Um, I think Baltimore is going to kind of show up not fully healthy, but just kind of ready to play. Um, So that just means on the offensive side of the ball for the jets, they have to throw, they have to play a little bit of catch up. And I think more, let's see, I think last year he kind of balled out the most without Zach Wilson. So I I think reports are saying that Zach Wilson is not starting week one, which basically shines the green light on Elijah Moore for me. He's, uh, he's going to get targets. He's the number one receiver in this offense. I think it's going to take Garrett Wilson a few weeks to kind of get his footing in the NFL, kind of like Moore did last year. but. I think Moore kind of gets the targets from Flacco, uh, has a solid week and actually a very solid startable week. Uh, so give me some Elijah Moore. Kyle, I love it. And look at the name up top, baby. You already know who has him. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to complete the receiver trifecta here for starts. And I'm going to go with Christian Kirk from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the first reason that I love him, uh, one, I'll shout out my guy, Johnny Jaguar. You know who you are. All right. If you're listening, shout out. Um, but, uh, I, I love the matchup that he has in week one against the Washington, no longer football team, the Washington commanders now who happened to give up the fourth most passing yards in 2021. They have a very, very poor secondary. And I think that Kirk is poised to really kind of explode in this new offense. I think that, Last season, we saw Trevor Lawrence was looking for a one all year. He was trying to figure out whether it was Chenault or whether it was, I think in the early season, Chark was still healthy or whether it was Marvin Jones. He was just kind of digging and digging and digging. And they went out and they got him a one in Christian Kirk. They paid him tons and tons of money. I just love the situation and I love the player here. I think that they're going to try to throw the ball all over the place on the, uh, the Washington commanders now. And, um, there was actually a report that came out yesterday, or maybe it was even today, um, where 
Trevor Lawrence was speaking about how team morale is extremely, extremely high under Doug Peterson. So I, I I'm looking for this team to come out fired up in week one. Um, I, I even, you know, I, I'll go ahead and say it. I would, I would even throw a little bit of money on the Jaguars in week one. That's not something that you'll catch me saying a lot, but I, I think this team's going to come out playing inspired football. And I, I love Christian Kirk in week one. He's my guy. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, Mike, kick us off with some sits. All right, yeah, we got our three solid starts of week one. I'm going to start it off with my sit, absolute sit. It's going to be J.K. Dobbins. So this is a running back that I absolutely love. He was a fifth-round target for me, even with the injury. I kind of loved his presence, I think, in the second half of the year, and that's what I was most excited about. But coming off that injury, no really live reps. I'm not trusting him in week one. Mike Davis is there for a reason. I think it's going to be Mike Davis day against the Jets. Um, I, I, I honestly think any running back in that backfield against the Jets is going to succeed. But I am actually out on J.K. Dobbins. I'd rather wait a week or two to see him actually get the full workload and not split a backfield with Mike Davis, who I think will most likely have more touches than him based on what they're saying. Um, so I'm out on J.K. Dobbins. Not out on him for the year. I still love him. I think he was still warranted at the, as a fifth-round pick. But week one's a no-go. Let him heal. Let him get going. I like him in like week two, week three, week four. I was just going to chime in there, Mike. They also added Kenyon Drake this past week, um, which is just kind of all the more reason to expect that he might not even go in week one. And if he does, to definitely kind of push him down to your bench. So love it. Great set. I also want to mention uh, and then press conference today or interview Lamar Jackson just kind of offhand said uh, saying that Dobbins looks healthy, but he's just like, yeah, I'm excited to get him back on the field with us in a few weeks. And kind of him saying weeks when the season starts for them in days uh, was a little worrying for me. So I think Dobbins is going to be, he's going to be a Rocky player for a few, for a little bit for this early bit of the season, but moving on, I've got my sit of the week. And it's a little tricky. I he may be kind of your fringe flex player uh, out of the draft, and it's Tony Pollard. I think oh, they're playing Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay last season gave up the third least points to running backs, and that doesn't excite me. Uh, if I were really feeling bold, I'd say bench Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm not feeling that bold, so I'm going with I'm not. I'm not. Don't you worry. Uh, I think. I think. I think Zeke's going to be having okay week. Uh, I also don't think you're drafting Zeke in the third round to bench him. Not this early, but Pollard Pollard. I'm feeling okay benching um, just because I think it's going to be a tough defense. This game is going to be an air game. I think these didn't these two kick off the season last year too. Yes, they did. They did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't do much. Three carries for 14 yards, four catches. Didn't do anything crazy. Not a not a startable, uh, not a startable performance, and I think we're going to expect something similar. So feel free if you're looking for six to eight points on your flex spot or your RB two. Tony Pollard's your guy, but if you want a little bit more upside, bench him. Uh, find another player. I guess it's my turn to complete the trifecta one more time. I'm going to come at you guys with a running back here. Uh, my running back, who is my sit of the week, is actually Brees Hall. 
Uh, Brees Hall, we mentioned earlier on, he is in a timeshare now with Michael Carter, apparently, anyway. Um, and I just don't like the murkiness of this backfield going into week one. And I'm not comfortable starting Hall, who, might I add, didn't look too great throughout the preseason. He looked kind of like he wasn't able to find the holes, a little sluggish. Um, and, and I'm not saying, you know, this this isn't a year-long indication by any means. This is just for week one. Uh, I'm pumping the brakes on him, and I'm going to go ahead and, and put him on my bench for week one. Um, he's playing the Ravens, as Kyle mentioned earlier, and Mike mentioned um, with you know the their hit their Ravens and Jets picks. But the Ravens actually, I I know I love bringing up 2021 defensive stats. The Ravens allowed the least rush yards in the whole entire league um, to opposing running backs. So it's just not a friendly defense to to run a rookie uh, a rookie running back up against. I I just don't love the situation. I don't love the the opposing team. I'm staying away. The Brees Hall is my sit. Zach, that was beautifully put. Uh, yeah, it's tricky. You drafted Brees Hall to kind of be a guy, uh, be a starter for you. And that's the tricky thing coming into week one where you have to make these decisions where not every player is going to be a great start every week. Uh, and that's the that's honestly the beauty of fantasy football. And honestly, that's the beauty of us being here to help you. Um, fellas, unless you have anything else to say. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap this up for us. Listen, I I want to leave the video with this one thing here before we go. I, I absolutely love and, and I stick behind all three of our starts and sits, which usually doesn't happen. Sometimes we butt heads. I absolutely love them for week one. I want to end the video with a lock that, that I am so hyped about for week one, and it actually is the game tomorrow night. And it is the under in the first half. I am taking the under 28 and a half on that game tomorrow night. And I am so pumped to let that rock and see how much money I can make from that. I'm telling you guys, ride that with me. Last year, the Rams and Bills both scored very little points in their first half of the first game of the season. And they're button heads, man. And I am taking the under in the first half. Mike, I'm riding with you. And for that, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at First Seed Fantasy, on Twitter at First Seed Sports, at our various Instagram and Twitter handles that you'll see if you're watching the video or find it in the link in the description if you're listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. You can subscribe, like, follow, give us a heart, give us a thumbs up, do it all. We love it. it supports us. And guys, it's week one. I'm amped and I'm we're here to help you. Don't forget you can DM us, message us, comment. We'll help you out. We'll respond with trade questions, start sits. Let us know. Let us see those lineups. We want to help you out. So, without further ado, gentlemen, thanks for t- thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Good luck, guys. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. Till next time. Till next time.